0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. We are talking today about the energy of the Taurus full moon that is on November the 12th, 2019, at 1:34 pm um Universal Time, London time. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, before we introduce ourselves, let's look at a couple of other bits of housekeeping. Uh, let's do things the other way around for a change. (laughs) So a reminder that we take questions. Uh, We do have a question today that we'll be answering um, after we've talked about the energies. And um, the address is weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. So send us your questions and you may be featured on air. The other thing is that we have a Patreon now and that's patreon.com forward slash weirdlymagicalpodcast. And we have our first Patron. So thank you. Thank you. And when we get to so many, I can't remember what we said now, <laughs> we will be doing Patreon only content. So keep coming. It's just $3 a month. Um, and um, to support our podcast and all the podcasts running.
1: So is there any other housekeeping,
0: Jen? I don't think so.
1: Uh, uh, can leave us a review?
0: Oh, yes. iTunes reviews. We love reviews <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and preferably written ones. If you get time to do that, that would be
1: cool. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. We yeah. love it. We appreciate it so much. So Jen, introduce yourself. Oh, my nose is itchy. I wonder what that means. Ooh. Good fortune. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jen Duchenne, uh, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. I'm an Akashic reader, healer, and teacher. And I um, I guide my clients to uh, discovering the truth of their soul, removing any of the uh, obstacles. And um, that's me. Okay. And I'm Louise
0: Eddington. I am a soul astrologer and author of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose. And um, also soon to be author of my second book, which is out in February, I think. We're just going through the final edits right now. And I help my clients to live in radical self-acceptance and self-awareness and uh, to use the tools of astrology and um, shamanic healing to get to that point. So on with the energies (laughs) so a little bit more about this Taurus full moon of course we're recording this on October the 30th so just before Halloween and we just had a pretty dynamic Scorpio new moon that was on um, on Sunday night just gone so this full moon will be kind of the culmination point or the uh, the high point of this the lunar cycle that began with that new moon. And it takes place, as I said, on November the 12th, 2019. And it's at 19 degrees of Taurus, 19 degrees, 51 minutes of Taurus with the moon conjunct Vesta in Taurus opposite the sun um, in Scorpio conjunct Mercury in Scorpio the day before um, the full moon Mercury passes right in front of the sun kind of eclipses only it doesn't block out the sun because Mercury is so small but it is an eclipse and it's an event that happens very rarely the last one was in the in 2006 we'll talk a little bit about that as well and that's happening on 11 so, <laughs> very significant, I think, personally. A um, couple of other things we'll probably talk about. The The full moon is in aspect to Saturn and Pluto in um, Capricorn, which is very significant because we're really in the closing phases of several cycles that, begin, that end and begin in January 2020. Neptune is conjunct Black Moon and Lilith in Pisces. and Neptune is slowing down, station direct. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Oh, and then moons, the lunar nodes have shifted. On the full moon, they will have shifted back to nine degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, because the nodes always move backwards through the zodiac, and um, and they'll be f- finishing up their journey through um, Cancer and Capricorn after as they uh, go to the First d- ten degrees or first nine degrees of uh, Capricorn and Cancer, and that's significant too. So Jen, there's a lot of numbers I think to talk about.
1: Yes, indeed, it's quite fascinating. So the first thing oh, that's amazing. cards there. Yeah, no, go <gasps> ahead. Cards. We didn't do our cards. Oh, well, let's do that then before yes. we jump into the numbers. <laughs> yeah, so, you do your so you cards. You, no, you showed yours. So okay. you got Well, I pulled the failure
0: card. Actually which is the seven um, of discs and this is actually represented interestingly by Saturn in Taurus so it's very in, in alignment with the energies now it doesn't mean there is going to be a failure it means you feel a sense of failure you feel a sense of restriction and um and or a fear of failing as well and this this can be a result in this this energies of this chart i think you know um there's going to be a lot churned up from and there already has been (laughs) from the scorpio new moon and and then mercury's going retrograde um on halloween october the 31st and will be retrograde for this full moon i think there's going to be a lot of um a lot of deep um information a lot of deep shadow work come up which brings out this 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 feeling of having failed or feeling of a failure or fear of failure but of course it's just stuff to be processed so this does not mean you are going to fail it just means there's going to be some some blocks and things coming up for you to look at so that's how I read that one so
1: awesome so uh, I actually picked from the illuminating journey cards that I mentioned uh, two cards because i picked a number which is number five and i find this really fascinating because five is about change and november is a 14 five universal month. so not only do we have the 11 of november which is the gateway and we talked and, L- and louise talked about um, the um, kind of eclipse of mercury on the 1111 which is always a, a you know a magnetic portal Mm -hmm. And then here we have the five. So we know we're stepping into change in a really big way. Uh, So I find it fascinating that this card came up. Uh, So expect the unexpected. And then this card, which uh, uh, has come up before, which is the 13. So for those of you who can't see this card, uh, there's a lot going on. There's the uh, phoenix, uh, dragon, uh, black unicorn, pearls, water, the earth on fire so it really is about um dropping the bomb that's the picture i get dropping the bomb on what we have um thought is real right mm-hmm. thinking about this in terms of being a taurus moon uh, taurus is all about reality in a sense so this is an opportunity to change our reality And maybe even the idea of what you were saying, Lou, in terms of failure or the card, is that the things that we've been working for, toward that we thought were so important, maybe that is the the failure for that to work, means we are shifting into a new space. Mm -hmm. This soul portal card is a 13. uh, And of course, 13 is the kind of, you could say it's the Pluto number. It is the number of... uh, Unexpected change or Uranus number, it's the number of genius, unexpected change, uh, sudden um, kind of, and death, because death is, which is also the Scorpio energy, death is what brings us to a new reality. And one and three make four, and four is all about bringing ideas into matter. So now we have abandoning our old beliefs, we're abandoning all this energy we put into creating a reality that other people have dictated, and now it's time to create the reality we believe in. And so we can only do that through going, this ha- this experiment has failed or it's no longer working and therefore we must go forward in a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's quite amazing just thinking about the power of this moon in terms of it being this the Taurus full moon, which is about grounding, earthing, looking at our values Mm. and getting to work in a new way. Uh, And we know that Uranus is there, so it has an impact. Yeah, Uh, It's all about change and using our genius and innovation to make change instead of staying stuck. Mm -hmm. So the reason we're stuck is because we think that we're supposed to do it the way it's been done. And this is telling us no. All of that is dying, regardless of whether we want to hold on to it or not.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. So did you want to quickly talk about the numbers? I mean, actually, let me just talk about like quickly about my perspective overall on the full moon. Coming on the back of um, what's been a very, um, I was was, was kind of laughing with Jen. And those of you that are Facebook friends with me uh, could look back. I posted an image that I happened to just see this morning of, um, uh, what actually happens when lightning, which is your very Uranus hits water, which is Scorpio. And it's called Thor's hammer. (laughs) It actually has got a, this tunnel of light kind of thing. And it's, it's crazy. And, um, to to have actually caught this and and it does feel like thor's hammer is kind of shaking up the world at the moment rocking it up and things and then we come to this full moon where we come again it's a fixed sign of course as as the new moon was uh taurus is fixed scorpio's fixed um and and it's almost like we're going to be rocked again out of our um out of our fixity you know anything that we thought was certain um and that doesn't mean everything's going to collapse but it does mean you've got to be able to ring you know face the changes that are being wielded by this thor's hammer if nobody's seen the the marvel movies he kind of really bashes it down and the whole world kind of goes woo reverberations and (laughs) and funnily enough i had a um a journey of imaginary journey at the workshop I was at about these ripples going out throughout the world. So very like Thor's hammer. So these things always come together, but on the full moon itself, overall, you know, we've got this Saturn Pluto conjunction building in January, and this full moon is really aspecting both Saturn and Pluto who are um, going to be only, well, they'll be less than five degrees apart by the full moon and And Saturn and this Saturn Pluto conjunction is likely to really uh, bring massive change then we 've got that eclipse the day before of Mercury passing the face of the sun um, and um, so that 's the sun 's energy being eclipsed so this is bringing us really in focus to the moon, which is exactly conjunct Vesta on the full moon and Vesta is as we 've talked about before it 's the flame, the hearth. But it's your inner flame, it's focus, it's commitment. And where are you to focus? You're supposed to focus on your inner emotional life, the moon in Taurus. And what you can do and what you can do to change your material surroundings and your actual life. Or to set things in stone even to solidify the bits you want to keep. So that's kind of my overall view of the full moon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes absolutely so um a good overview because i think that te- people tend to think that uh because it's a taurus moon that everything is about stability and it is but mm-hmm. it's about the stability that happens when we face um eruption yeah destruction and how we we build from that place from the ground up or from under the ground right so we're shifting our perceptions with this um, sort of eclipse of Mercury. It's our conscious mind, our conscious life that is being shifted. Yeah. So let's talk about the numbers. So what I find very fascinating is that this is happening on the 12th, and we are in a 12 universal year. So that's fascinating. The other part, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but the other part that, so we have a double 12 happening, the 12 of the year and the 12 of this day. Mm -hmm. The other part that correlates is the fact that the sun and the moon are at 19 degrees. Remembering on the calendar, we're at 19. This is a 19 year. So this moon, and I think we've seen this happen, you know, you every time we talk, there's been a couple where we've had this pattern show up. Before, but this is really the moon that's telling us okay, things are shifting. Because as you may notice or have heard, this is at the moon and sun are at 19 degrees 51, so almost at 20. So that's like saying we're almost at the 2020 mark here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is the time where we're having that kind of tear that's happening in our bubble, if you wish. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about the 12 because it's really important here. 12 is a number of learning and we learn by doing, we learn through experience and it's a number of great joy and curiosity and expansion. So it allows us to be a perpetual student, but not a student that just says, Oh, I'm just learning this and I'm learning another thing, but really a a student of life a student of wisdom, that we're putting this all into action, we're taking all the stuff we've learned through our lifetime, which is a lot of things, we've learned all these things about how when we do x, y happens, or when we say something to someone, this is how they respond, and more importantly, this is how we respond, and now we're being given a choice to choose the path of curiosity and joy, and go, oh, I can do something different. I can experiment with this. I don't need to do what I did. I can actually do something different. So it's like being in that childlike energy of complete joy of being alive, being connected to the earth, because we know this is about the earth. Our joy is connected to being in joy with the life we have now. Like we are not going to change the world or our, experience by going someone else out there needs to change or I'll change tomorrow. Or when this thing happens, you know, I will change. It's like, no, this is where I am. Let me take the, the the broadest view or the best view or the most joyful view and go, okay, this is what I need to do. And with the 12, we go one plus two gives us three and we have all those numbers because one and two is three. So we have the steps by step approach that we're being given by Saturn by Taurus by all of these energies that are telling us and then we have the lightning that's breaking through our rigidity to say you know the Scorpio thing the water the you're in a Thor's hammer breaking through and saying you know that stuff doesn't work you can't keep doing the same thing in the same way and expect to have a different experience you have to get curious this is the whole point about learning is it's not just to add a, a letters to the back of your name, it really is to go, I understand that my behavior that I've done doesn't work at changing this experience. So how do I get curious? How do I have fun and actually learn something by doing it differently? So I think that's a really key part the 19, of course, is an amazing number because it is the 1 and 9 make 10. It brings us back to 1. We know we have new beginnings. It is all about us being these uh, kind of looking at the world as an adventurer, right? Mm-hmm. As an adventurer, but we are also the adventurer, the one who, the pioneer, who's going to, to follow our intuition and follow the signs of the earth to create change, to solve problems, to live in a different way. So I think it's less about thinking that we have problems, Mm. as it is about thinking, um, what is joyfully mine to experience? And, you know, I've done that a 100 times, I don't want to do that same shit over and over again, I want a different experience, I want to, I want to have different relationships with people, I want to enjoy myself, I want to really speak about the things that are True to me. I don't want to just accept somebody else telling me to shut up or stop doing that or that will never work. Like, I don't care about that. I want to go and try it and see, right? So, that curiosity is um, mm. key here. So, for me, that's really the bigger picture of where we are is like the universe is saying to us, Look, I've been telling you about this this whole year and, you know, leading up all these many years. And now it's kind of the this is that moment where you're going to actually feel that expansion or explosion that's going to make you go, oh, I felt that that energy of the lightning strike. I actually felt it in my body. Mm. And I know that something's changing. I can feel the shift and the rift and I know, oh, I gotta do something different.
0: That's funny that you said feel it in my body. Because as you were talking, I was looking at it thinking, it's about embodiment. and embodiment means kind of really stepping into um all that you truly are it doesn't um it's not particularly about the body though i think there are elements of the body in it as well you know it's kind of about really bringing it into you know everything mind body spirit right into you and embodying everything that you truly are as jen said not Um, what everybody else is saying (laughs) and i think the eclipse of mercury mercury the eclipse of the sun by mercury is saying cut out these other opinions kind of thing really right you know
1: (laughs) stop listening to bullshit stop listening to the opinions of others because they don't know what is true for you and not only listening but the thing is acting because when we're Uh, If we want a different experience, it's not going to be an an intellectual experience. It has to be a physical experience. Like we actually have to say things to people that we were afraid to say, like I'm not listening to you anymore or I'm going to do this and actually go and do it and not just kind of uh, wait for somebody to give you permission. So taking ownership is very much an embodied process of going, well, you know, Things look like shit, but I still have a path to um, to take. Uh, I can listen to what the earth is saying. I can listen to what my heart is saying. I can go do this. No one can actually stop us from doing these things. Uh, like we, we've this cloud or this prison we've been in, right? You think about it in terms of the whole Scorpio uh, Taurus thing, right? There's yep. that thing of... The, the stubbornness or the rigidity in the sense, and I'm a Taurus, so I can say that.
0: <laughs> I have strong Scorpio, so I could
1: say that. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of wanting to not to change because it's going to affect everything around us is all this deep energy from scorpio the water the the the, the knowledge of our passion that's been hidden and uh, subjugated and not being allowed to express itself is going you're like shaking it up and going you know screw that i'm yeah. you know i'm going to break free of that prison of that idea like being underwater and being silenced is the picture that comes to mind as this idea of being bound and trapped underwater not being able to speak or really hear clearly or know clearly who we are because it's all under the surface and all of that stuff is bubbling to to Mm -hmm. be birthed right because we're rising in with this explosion you know it's like that's what happens when you have an earthquake or something like that right an underground or underwater earthquake and all the stuff that's been hidden comes up to the surface Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, the 19, as i talked about, is it's endings and beginnings. So innovating things, but remembering there are things from the past, your compassion, your your uh, experience that's going to say, I know what happens if I respond in a certain way. So I can do that or I can go, wait, let me try a different way of doing this. Mm. Um Uh, Lou and I have been talking about a little bit before in terms of our relationships personally. So for me, I've been dealing with a lot of different um, aspects of relationships with my family, uh, with friends, with people I'm working with. And my goal here is not to do what I would have done in the past, which is Mm -hmm. just get annoyed or keep quiet or uh, bitch about it to someone else, but really just going to the person and saying, I'm, you know, I sense there's something going on. This is what I need. This is what's true for me. I don't feel comfortable about what's happening. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Let's put it out there in the open. So we can both uh, say what we need to say and then decide how to move forward. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. So I was um, with my family and uh, I don't know, my daughter was and my my sister were having an argument or something, and I I kind of could see both sides. You know, when you're the observer, you can see that. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I was trying to who who do I whose side do I take? Right, and I was trying not to take sides, uh, but then you go into your little patterns. I went into my pattern, and then I realized like, hey, this isn't working because they're both still annoyed, and now they're annoyed with me too. Uh, right? We're all annoyed. So I just went to my sister. And I was telling her, oh, you should do this. And she says, whatever she said, I don't remember, but was, look, that isn't working or something or other. I don't remember. And whatever she said, I just said, you know, you're absolutely right. And I said, you are entitled to have your opinion. She's entitled to have her opinion. And you're just going to have to deal with your own issues and emotions that come up. And whatever happens, happens. But it's like just knowing you both Mm-hmm. can express who you are just like i can right yeah yeah and that's that eruption that we have to deal with yeah conflict instead of walking away or turning the other cheek we've got to go no we, i'm going into the conflict to resolve this issue
0: for sure absolutely um or doing things differently at least anyway than you might have done before however that works for you i think yeah and that was definitely for you yeah yeah i was just thinking of, uh, of a situation in my life where i've decided not to go in and really go into the conflict because uh it doesn't work with
1: that person so or <laughs> well, maybe yeah. you don't have as much uh, um, emotional yeah or uh, what do you say um to gain or lose, kind of thing. Yeah. like when you're working with your family or loved one, yeah. you can't really walk away from. No,
0: that.
1: you can't. No. No. Um, no. well, Or like you say, do it differently. You may decide not to engage in conflict. You might decide to talk later when they're calmer and say, "This yes. is what I really want," or whatever you decide. But it really has to. be, Is it? I think the bottom line for me is, and I'm, spe- you know, of mm. course, I can only speak for myself. Is I find if I don't express what I feel, mm. then it just stays inside of me and makes me feel bad about myself. And like, I'm not trusting myself. So it's like, I want to be able to express it or know if I'm walking away that it's because I've said or done what I need to do. So I'm not running away. And I'm not saying that's what you did. I'm just talking about my yeah. own experience That I'm not leaving things undone. Yeah. Uh, and of course, each of us has to decide, right? Mm-hmm. According to whatever the situation is, that we and what it needs to know that we're trusting that uh, inner wisdom mm-hmm. that we have. No,
0: you're right, though. Speaking for me, there is another situation that I didn't talk to you about because I did do it already differently. I've already expressed how I feel very clearly, but without um aggression doing it very differently than i may have done at one time in my life and that's why because i did it so healthily it didn't come
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> but, yeah. you feel better right but yeah. you're also empowered because then you start trusting yourself more and go oh i was right this is really yeah. where i am otherwise you're in fear all the... well i feel like i am if i'm not expressing myself i feel fearful because i'm not sure what to trust yeah and so if i can say it and if they like it they like it and if they don't or maybe they're going to tell me something i mean i think listening is a really key Mm -hmm. element like what am i doing that i don't know about right that i could maybe shift or agree um and get out of like i was with my sister and she was telling that i'm you you can't tell me what to do because i have my own opinion i can do this and i'm like yeah you're right and normally i would have gone no yeah (laughs) you know right
0: exactly (laughs) (laughs) so i do want to talk a little bit more about that conjunct the transit of mercury across the face of the sun just to look back a little bit the last time that happened was november the 8th 2006 it was also during a mercury retrograde in scorpio so this one will occur at what did we decide um was this one uh it's on the on the 11th but it's at 19 degrees i think isn't it or yeah Pretty sure it is, or is it eighteen degrees? Oh uh,
1: right, eighteen. No, it's at eighteen.
0: Eighteen, yeah. And Mercury in November the eighth, two thousand and six, it was two degrees back. It was at sixteen degrees Scorpio. So there is going to be echoes from the end of November um, two thousand and sorry, the beginning of November two thousand and six, or the end of two thousand and six. Incidentally, just I had a quick look at some history and. Um, mars nasa announced they'd found evidence of um liquid water on mars uh, almost exactly to the time because Mercury's information and messages and that was some quite surprising information i do remember as an astrologer being everybody was like wow mars that you know the hot dry arid planet has liquid water And uh, that's that was quite stunning to the um, astronomical community. So you know, I would think back um, to the end of 2006. Um, If you've got a diary, look around. You know, the beginning of November. Just think about what was happening in your life, where you were shifting, what was happening, what information perhaps was coming your way, and there may be similar themes coming up because uh like any eclipse this is um this is an important kind of reset moment where we reset perhaps our ideas about things uh like with mars we thought mars was this just completely dry and arid climate and here it has liquid water which was quite a paradigm shift so just you know think think back um what was happening and be aware of it when it comes to this um, transit again on uh, November the 11th. Um, Because I think something quite um, paradigm shifting again could come through. Um, So I think that's what I wanted to say about that one.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yes. And I think that's, you're absolutely right. For me, I think what's interesting in terms of it being at 18 degrees Uh, is uh, 18 is about endings and um, oh Oh, yeah Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: can be about destruction especially when things are out of integrity Mm. Uh, this moon is about integrity I mean whenever we have something that's connected to uh, in this way with Taurus which is about the the structure the integrity of the structure right
0: and vesta is very much about integrity right?
1: and she's right there with the moon yeah just having a look at oh yeah she's also at 19 so um yeah the keeper of the flame and if the flame is all about integrity it's Mm. it's like the story of the maccabees if you know when they were uh, hanukkah which is kind of around this time Mm-hmm. where uh, they were keeping the flame alive, the flame of hope. And we have many stories of this. Uh, but that flame of hope comes from faith, mm-hmm. faith and integrity. So if you're out of integrity, the flame goes out. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, that's a key story of man's survival or woman's survival in terms of or human survival is our flame, our connection to our flame. And mm-hmm. when we talk even about Mars, that's about the flame, our, our flame of our... Um, Uh, drive you know our sexual drive is not just about sex it actually is about getting things done and having a a passion about something Mm -hmm. and so this is about sparking the passion within us but also destroying i think in to me it looks like something is ending around um Mm. this phase that and new
0: information coming in right
1: so it's going to be a shocking um and it may be something, you know, it disastrous or looks something disastrous that then expands into this information. So, um, mm. yeah, a, a
0: couple of words Jen said there kind of um, triggered something else that I noticed. I, I did mention already that Neptune and Black Moon Lilith are conjunct on the full moon and and Jen used the word faith and of course Pisces this is at 15 degrees Pisces basically well almost 16 in fact Neptune is at the very last minute of Pisces on on this full moon and black moon Lilith is um at 16 degrees and one minute of Pisces so they're only separated by two minutes even though one's at 15 and one's at 16 and Pisces is very much about faith but it's also lilith you know and lilith really um into my mind in some ways as we're talking about it i'm thinking she is about it, deep integrity because she would not compromise her integrity the story right. of lilith lilith in um e, in the garden of eden she would not submit to adam and would not um give up her equality to um adam Mm. uh um, so she, in some ways she had complete integrity to herself and here we have with neptune so it's about faith in yourself i think completely
1: right and even if you uh, that's a good call because even if we go to venus who is the ruler of taurus right mm-hmm. um and uh the idea of being um you know a female or yeah. whatever you know uh, this idea of being that being of beauty and earth, who through the ages in the history is about her giving up her integrity, right? Mm-hmm. That story we've been fed over and over again that women can't be trusted, that women are dangerous, that uh, they, they uh, draw soldiers, or not soldiers, what do you call sailors, to their death, like, you know, the women are evil, all of those things. Those are all the marked stories of all these different aspects of the female we talk mm-hmm. about you know vesta as we you know considered the vir- vestal virgin well virgin is about being true unto yourself right yeah. the real meaning so again that same thing is what will help us to rise as mm-hmm. the phoenix in this situation is to remember our integrity to ourself our integrity to the earth our relationship with the earth mm-hmm. our relationship to the cosmos because I don't know if we mentioned, I think you might have, that um series is on the galactic. Um, I don't
0: think I did, but I was going to.
1: <laughs> so, that's but, right. It's yeah. that thing of we've got all these females placed or female mm-hmm. energy or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, yin energy to, yeah. um, to kind of bring us into a whole new way of thinking, mm-hmm. like moving away from this idea that we've been labeled you know sluts or um passive or, or yes. meek,
0: meek or submissive right. all those words right. or yeah. we're
1: here just to serve men or serve yeah. someone else's ideals and this is all by no we're here to to serve through ourselves serve these mm-hmm. things we believe in the earth in in love in compassion in kindness and in standing up for ourselves right is all of that mm. that, and it's from the cosmos with this galactic center thing all the way through down
0: your information coming in too
1: yeah like yeah. the mercury uh,
0: crossing the sun yeah
1: right. <laughs> so we're going from the highest cosmos into the deepest waters of the earth with all of this this idea of really uh bringing lightning into every part and what is lightning right it's light we're bringing the light electric light and we are beings made of electricity into every part of our world so it feels like we're we're going to have this kind of awareness that we can see what we haven't seen and understand what we haven't understood so we can take a different action go wow i'm free
0: Because Mercury, as well, to go back to it, going across the face of the sun, Mercury um, is the energy of psychopomp as well, which is death walking,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: uh, you know is is actually because I've I've got trained in um, psychopomp work, is actually taking um, a dying person through to the other side, mm-hmm. and and tethering them and bringing them back so they can get comfortable with seeing the other side. so literally that's what we do with dying people but we are going to be doing this we're going to be able to see things as kind of other dimensions if you like that we haven't seen before and yeah that will bring the you know endings of old ones which may bring up to go back to that card that sense of i may have failed or a bit of fear of failure but you haven't failed because something might fail it doesn't mean you have failed (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You can't attach yourself to a project like uh may, the thing is you can go back and say, what could I have done different? Yeah. Or what do we need to do remembering the steps, the one, two, three? What is what do I need to do for this next project, this next time, that really will help me to ground this idea that I'm being into matter? Uh, so yeah, it's pretty exciting also when we think about I think I was just noticing how many um, ones here. We have the 28, we have the 19. So there's quite a lot of ones. Chiron's at one. We actually have quite a lot of ones that are operating. So we know this is a lot about us taking stand for what we believe in and just looking to me when i I like to look at like politics and stuff because i think it's a great reflection of what's happening in our world Mm -hmm. and just looking at how people now like even the news and stuff are kind of slowly coming to a place where they're voicing something different and um, we may be impatient with it because we're like get on with it but the fact that they're doing it is um Kind of remarkable when you think Me they too. were all yes men and uh seeing other people who are following a fake idol um and choosing uh, to lie for somebody who, who doesn't care about them right yeah. uh, and i think that's we where is this reflective in our own lives where are we doing this and i think Lou and i talked a little bit about in our personal experiences of putting up with stuff and shutting up because it's going to cause chaos or they're going to be upset with us or something like that, and not saying anything. Uh, all that does is erode our sense of self and our personal empowerment. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, right? Yeah. So it's like me, I look at it and I'm like, if I was one of those interviewers or something, I'd be a lot uh, more hard-ass about it. Right. Yeah. Like answer the question, or if you don't want to answer the question, I, I was laughing with my, Roommate the other day, she have an eject button. Like if they don't answer the question, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) or one of those pits that opens up. Right. Right. So it's that's like we have the choice of saying, "I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time talking to you because you're not answering the questions." Like just people in our lives who just refuse and keep answering something else or taking the subject somewhere else those are the times we can walk away and say, you know what, this conversation isn't working. So I'm moving out of here. Right. And that actually
0: kind of, um,
1: as soon as I, as you
0: started talking about that, um, I, I was reminded about the nodes. I did mention at the beginning that they've moved back to nine degrees. Um, and so they'll be going nine, eight, you know, down the count, they move backwards. Now this is the first decan of Capricorn, uh, for the South node. And the north node will be the first decan of Cancer. And that means that the first decan of each sign is the most that sign can be because the first decan of Capricorn is the Capricorn, Capricorn decan and Cancer, Cancer decan. So the, the coming eclipses that we've got in December and January are going to be on those, on the nodes in the first decan. And this kind of finishes up the um, concentration, if you like. And that's where it comes back to what Jen was saying. It's kind of about double boundaries. You've got recreate double boundaries or double down on creating your strong boundaries and your strong foundations and things. And also doubling down on letting go, releasing attachment to man-made law and rules. Not God's law, not, not universal law. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the bullshit laws that we've seen <laughs> and, uh, and that doesn't mean you don't follow them you know we've, we're in a society but it's the ones you it's just the attachment to them and living by the shoulds and living by these societal restrictions and conversely That means we'll be doubling down on the cancer. They're moving towards knowing that we're one big family, that um, this big connection and um, nurturing is where we're being asked to move towards. So uh, I found it interesting that you were saying about like the eject button. We'll be wanting to eject (laughs) that those move beyond our
1: boundaries. (laughs) Yes. Exactly, that is uh, an excellent point, and I think also this idea of um, learning to deal with hatred, learning to deal with anger of other people, means that in a different context, means we 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 can say, "I'm not listening to you talking to me in that way." But if you have something you want to talk about in a normal way, without insulting me, etc., we can talk about it, and. Going like sometimes you just can't talk to people, but you can just say, "Yeah, I see that you're in you're struggling, and that's okay. I don't need to save you." Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you kind of go out into my outer circle because I don't want you kind of muddying the works. I need to focus on what I need to focus. So going, yeah, you have absolutely right. Just like I was saying to my sister. So it's interesting that came through because it's like you have the right to have any emotion you want, to have any response you want. But I have the right to go, you're moving out of my circle. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not stopping you from doing what you're doing. You're just moving out of my sphere. Um, And then there are certain times like when people are being entitled or whatever, that we have to be a little more um, rigid. Yeah, uh, and I think this is really important. Like we tend to be afraid that somebody is going to accuse us of something, and I see that in the um, kind of in the media and in the uh, what in the political fields. We're afraid of being accused of something, so we'll lose our standing. So we bow down and don't say anything but that's complete bullshit because the opposite happens right when we are afraid to lose our standing it makes us a coward and then we look people will say those things to us like Mm -hmm. yes or they'll know right it's like you won't even have to say anything so is it worth giving up the truth of who you are um Like, you know, what comes to mind is this guy in the the States who just uh, went and did uh, this um, career, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, State Department career uh, military guy that came forward and gave him... Oh,
0: the guy who testified.
1: Yes. Uh, Here he took, you know, he takes a risk to come out and speak because he knows... you know, he could be in danger he knows that um he's exposing people he knows that he'll have to probably uh, give up his career i mean i don't know exactly but he's taking a huge risk
0: risks, yeah
1: right but he is standing in his integrity and to me that's the thing like we gotta look at those kind of people and seeing what are they doing mm. and those are the people we want to emulate because they're showing us what it means to be integrity
0: absolutely and
1: uh And as for those that tend to tell us what not to do, it reminds me of that one, uh, Renee Brown, who says, if you're not in the, I don't know how it goes. She has a thing, like if you're not in the, uh, you're not in the fracas with me, don't give me advice. Yes. Right. Something like that. I don't remember the wording, but yeah, I think that's a key part. I just did also wanted to mention Uh, because i know we probably want to move on is that what's fascinating is mercury for this moon is at 17 degrees Mm -hmm. and we're on a 17 universal day and 17 is about leaving a legacy Mm -hmm. so we know this aspect now that mercury who's just gone through this eclipse and kind of opened the gateway for us in this enormous way, whether we recognize it or not, just feels very spacious and and, uh, cosmic, Um, is now telling us now this is the time where you want to leave your legacy or build on something of value to yourself going forward Mm. that has not been there before. So it's an opportunity, right? Because when we think differently, we do things differently. And that's the key because it's our belief systems, which is also about Jupiter, right? Jupiter being. Yeah, right.
0: Well, and Jupiter because Jupiter is so close to um Ceres. In effect, Jupiter and Ceres are both on the uh, galactic center, the center of our galaxy, right. on high ascendant. <laughs> beaming down this new information but they actually the galactic center actually works in a similar way to the eclipse it eclipses old stuff because it's a black hole at the center of the galaxy it kind of sucks out what's no longer needed and then emits some new information so we're getting it on both sides there like okay. wow
1: <laughs> i know amazing right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah all right so we do our symbols and then we've got a question to do so um,
1: right i just wanted to mention about co- connecting to the earth uh, at this time mm. is probably a really good idea yeah water. i wouldn't eliminate the your relationship with water either oh, no. going out into nature remembering the power of the earth that we have not uh, used mm. like unless you have a, a you know a native kind of um upbringing where you've actually been uh, connected to the earth and had this amazing relationship of uh, reciprocal relationship that it's time to build that because we're going to need it going forward.
0: I think there's a lot to do with the body as well here and connecting your body with the earth, but also um, you said about not losing your connection with water, I think. And I have noticed a lot of people doing it quite suddenly since the new moon saying you know i'm eating healthier i'm putting cleaner things in i'm drinking more water i think it's just becoming more mindful about the connection um or the you know we've so lost connection with the natural cycles and with the earth and with our bodies so um Mm -hmm. there's a lot about that yeah you're right yeah yeah
1: all right sapiens so 20 degrees of taurus wisps of wing-like clouds streaming across the sky mm-hmm. so the keynote is the awareness of spiritual forces at work wow that's just kind of what we've been talking about yeah yeah any emergence of life potentialities from the depth of the vast unconscious is answered by the spiritual activity of superconscious forces in a cosmic kind of antiphony the individual has taken a new step in their evolution should look for the signature of divine powers confirming their progress. Mm. It may reveal the meaning of what is to come next. The wing like clouds may also symbolize the presence of celestial beings, which can be divas, angels, etc., blessing and subtly revealing the direction to mm. you, the direction of the wind of destiny. Mm. and let's see this is all about receiving blessings Mm. so from the
0: of supernatural forces and that that kind of speaks the galactic center and etc that we talked about to me
1: right and being awakened right from my card with the you know with all those beings yeah what they were talking what we were getting in terms of being awakened to something you you may never have seen before right fantastic
0: and then the chandra symbol i love it as well okay it's a fork in the road with a blank signpost getting inside of things discovering what they are like when you have no idea any longer what you want out of things or where anything really is going all the riches of subtle texture can only begin to arise now and to touch your soul this journey has gone on forever, but now the deep earth calls you once again and you cannot refuse. All roads lead to this same place where it all flips over and you're tumbled to the inside where you meet yourself for the first time. This was not who you expected to see. This other self has lost everything, That goes that's the failure thing, but has found its way to be here at last on the inside of the world ready for anything. No preferences, nothing to accomplish, nowhere really to go. Just here in the fiber of existence, home free. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That speaks to what we've said about the embodiment and the being with the earth and everything. And you know, all that bullshit that some of our co you know, our kind of woo community speaks about ascending home and all that kind of stuff. This is it really.
1: <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is where it's happening inside of us and uh, you know, the external is just pointing us to that awareness of it's an embodiment, right? The it soul is. entering the body and our spirituality being a much bigger part of How we love. Fantastic. All
0: right, shall we do the question? Yes. So okay, so well, thank you, Jen. Um, I think Jen um emailed us before. Oh yes, she has had, but that's fine. We don't mind Jen. Send as many as you want. (laughs) 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 This is Jen K. But anyway, her question is: romance and compatibility are what bring a lot of folks into the astrology fold but it's often treated with a silly or superficial lens. What do you look for in understanding someone's romantic values, behaviour patterns, how they change over a lifetime? Do elements play a role in this understanding? And she says, I'm speaking as Sun, Mars, Venus and Aries, but thought others might be interested in hearing about your perspectives on personal partnerships in the midst of these larger transits of community. Connections. Well, I think um, from my perspective, I would say that I agree that sometimes um, romance and compatibility are treated with a silly or superficial lens. But more, I would say, in the media, really. You know, it's like there are all these magazine articles of, you know, Sagittarius should never marry a, a whatever, you know, and that kind of thing. And I don't. Do deal, deal with that a from an astrological perspective we have to look at the connections in the whole chart um we look at the descendant which is the sign on the cusp of the seventh house to have a look at what we um what energy we attract and are attracted to in our lives. We also look at the eighth house, which is uh, the house of marriage for for kind of love relationships, I would say, for what kind of relationship your soul desires. There's so much to it. Um, You know, real relationship astrology goes in depth. But, you know, of course, people want some easy to digest information and and in fact i've done a little bit of it in the book i'm going to be publishing in in um in february Uh, you know it's it's kind of basics like signs that are next to each other can't have difficulty seeing each other but i would never say you uh, and that's one example signs that are square square to each other are more likely to have conflict um but tension can sometimes be exciting and passionate too so I never say, uh, I, I don't like the, um, you know, oh, I would never marry a Scorpio because the approach, because a Scorpio, for example, could have a whole stellium in Sagittarius or something. They could be more Sagittarius. So it's too simplistic. But I do understand that people want some easily digestible information too at mm-hmm. times. So that's my kind of approach. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree that out in the media and uh, even in movies and stuff, we're fed her kind of a whole host of rubbish about relationships mm-hmm. um, and romance. And you know, it actually takes work to have romance, and you know, just beyond the, the beginning where you're just like everything's wonderful, and then when you get to know each other. Uh, A lot of, to me, when I look at the idea of romance or relationships is uh, when somebody is aggravating us or squaring us or creating conflict, it's an opportunity for growth for us to go, oh, what is triggering inside of me? And so what do I need to change? So everyone who shows up in our lives, everything we experience is a part of the plan, right? Our blueprint, whether it's our astrological blueprint, our... A numer- numerology blueprint, or anything else it's all about a plan we 've put in place mm. to uh, to have an opportunity to grow, so we can either get, "Oh, this person's doing it to me, I 'm doing it back to them, or uh, what do I need to learn? Mm. Uh, what can I do different to have a different experience if I want to be with this person like bottom line for me is it doesn 't really matter what sign you are if you have an attraction to someone who feels right to you, if it feels like a lot of hard work and it feels painful, then it's probably a sign. Like, I don't want to be here kind of matching to the idea that uh, like this isn't for me. I don't want to be in a suffering, suffering relationship and I can move away if the person doesn't work. Like if it's too much hard work, yeah, then, and that person's not interested or whatever weird shit keeps happening uh, you can say no you can turn away because it's going to be someone else who you know and this is how we learn about just like we were talking about the 12 this is about learning in action so we're going out we're having relationships we're going yeah that works that doesn't okay you know either this person or the next person it's the same relationship really Mm -hmm. Uh, what do we need to do the other thing here is that we have you have a numerology chart as well as the astrology. So sometimes it's really fascinating when you look at the, when I look at the numbers of a person, not just their regular, but the numbers on their chart and see how compatible they are. And it's often so surprising because you think, oh well, you know, oh yeah, they both Scorpios or whatever it is that matches. I don't know. I don't know the romance thing. But um Yeah. Well, obviously they get on together and then you go deeper and you realize like they have issues, fundamental issues that are hard to understand. Like if you have somebody who looks at the big picture and doesn't like looking at the details, and then you have somebody who likes looking at details and and isn't interested in the big picture, that's going to create conflict, right? Because it's something you're incompatible about. So it's like, Unless you're somebody who just loves the person and you don't care about it. And then that's a whole different story, right? That's a spiritual path. So for me, I think the thing about the most amazing thing about romance that's not really popularized is that it allows us to take the spiritual path. It's mm. an incredible opportunity to really find compassion and love within ourselves for someone else and really love someone unconditionally right regardless of how they behave and that's the key right that's and it, the easy key
0: and all these relationship things can apply to um significant friendships um as well you know um the, there's such a focus on who am i going to marry kind of thing it's like uh, you know there's a lot more to relationships than just that and uh, i think personally i i don't love doing relationship astrology per se I, I do it for current clients who ask me to work, see how they can work to better in a relationship or understand each other better. But mm-hmm. this whole of our idea of, of, are we compatible? Will, should I marry him or her or whatever? I, I, I'm not interested in doing it to be honest, because as Jenna said, there's there's that kind of je ne sais quoi, there's that attraction quality too. And and you know, can you are you both evolved enough to work beyond any um incompatibilities to you know, there's so many factors. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know. Yeah. I didn't even look at my husband's chart until we'd been together for quite a long time because i wasn't interested in um judging him by his astrological chart so.
1: Right, which I think is an excellent point, right? Because we have a preconceived notion. If you have beliefs around certain things and then you see it in black and white, you're going to go, oh, that's never going to work. Or this is what's going to happen. Or typical, like we do anyway with people. Oh, you're a Sagittarius. That's why you're doing this. Oh, it's Scorpio. I mean, I remember people always telling me I was stubborn because I'm a Taurus, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's one way to put it, right? Um, But the other way is- Or or you're steady and reliable. (laughs) Or, or whatever I know, what, I know I know what I value you know you can yes. I know what yes. i value it's it's like this is it, and I've seen like when people get less invested in wanting a perfect partner, wanting somebody to become who we need them to be, and we go, I just love being around you, I don't care what you do, unless of course it's right out of our value system, that's different well then then you probably wouldn't hopefully you wouldn't be with them like people hopefully. who stay with partners they're fearful of uh, uh, that's yeah. a terrible thing you know um and so many people do right i think uh, i used to when my ex-husband we used to when we used to have arguments i used to just hate it i just mm-hmm. couldn't stand the conflict and the arguments about things that same with me and my yeah. yeah, It crushes me when we have a fight. We do, okay, you me, but yeah. not very often. So. Right, you get better and better, or you split up. So yeah. that's why it's my ex-husband. But, um, you know, so that was for me at some point, I was like, I just want to be happy. I don't want to yeah. argue about bullshit. So it was probably important to him, but it wasn't important to me. And so we parted ways. Uh, but I think that's the key is... Mm-hmm not expecting someone to do things, like behave a certain way. Because I noticed that a lot of times, say with women, uh, I don't know as much about men, but I'm sure they have things they do that are annoying. But with women who are talking about their husbands, they have all these like, you know, there's like these typical things we do. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's such a pain. He does this or that. Yeah, Like those are our choices of um, kind of keeping a story alive. That is not necessary, it's a fairy tale, not one that supports us. If we are going to tell a story, let's tell a story that actually makes us feel good about who we are and the and our partner. I love that they do this or whatever and
0: I do want to say um she did ask, do elements play a role in understanding speaking of, um kind of a stepping back out of the mind right. that we've gone into um the elements do play a role to a degree. Like, you know, you can look at somebody's um, astrological chart. Um, I don't do the numerology as much as Jen, so I'll speak to the astrology. But, um, you know, if somebody's heavily water and somebody's heavily fire, if you think about the elements of fire and water, it can either create steam or water can douse the fire. Or, you know, uh, you can think of the elements yourself in that way, uh, but it's more than just a sun sign. It's yeah. So really, you'd have to look at the whole elemental makeup, and even then, you know, water and fire—they're not generally overly compatible per se. But that doesn't mean they can't work either. The steam could be quite fun and passionate. So.
1: <laughs> right. So basically, it's a layered thing. It's many layers, and so many everything counts into. It's like you're creating a picture. You're using the astrology, the Uh, the elements i think that may be more um for me may be more impactful in some senses we 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 live it's like we emote are you an emotional being it's like those things they say what's your love language or something that's kind of like a elemental thing right uh you know
0: my 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 husband and i are both fire signs we're both sagittarius and we've got two water children and um and we can see that um you know we're too fiery for our watery children sometimes, and sometimes they douse our fire a little bit that doesn't again that doesn't mean we're incompatible completely. We just maybe have to be more understanding of each other so.
1: right <laughs> but it definitely makes it easier if you have an element that is more uh, compatible or yeah uh, signs that are more compatible or numbers that are more compatible, right. Yeah. Yeah. So being aware, all of those things are important. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I think what's the most important, and maybe that's because of the sign that I am and my thing is like it's you know, which you know, we could certainly talk about, but it's it's to me, it's what are you trying to achieve with what you mm-hmm. have, with this or what you want relationship. What's the end goal, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, then. I think we've gone on long enough. So let's quickly wrap up by uh, you telling people where they can find you.
1: So you can find me at uh, gendershen.com. That's my website. Uh, my cards are also there, gendershen.com backslash illuminating journey cards. I have a monthly group, Soul Polar Salon, which is also on my um, website and you can find me on facebook uh, i have a group there we belong here i changed the name so um it's a free group um, and then you can find me instagram and everything you can google my name jendishan it's all under jendishan
0: and um, similarly my name louise eddington you find me on everywhere uh but uh my website louiseeddington.com um i have a um a membership community that you can find on my website um i also have a free facebook group planetary magic cafe um that's uh, we often have a bit of fun in there um, i do readings you can buy my book uh, <laughs> um, yeah and instagram i'm loving instagram lately i'm having lots of fun on there so find me on any of them and um, a reminder again that we t- do take questions, Weirdly Magical Podcast at gmail.com. And we have our Patreon, Weirdly Magical Podcast on Patreon. And uh, please leave us reviews on iTunes and have a happy full moon on November the 12th. It's quite a big one. We're entering into a hugely transformative time. Um so stick with us. We've got eclipses coming up and then we've got these massive conjunctions in January and then it doesn't end because there's more to come after that. So.
1: <laughs> so it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen.